0: Hello and welcome to the Leadership Growth Hour, an interactive monthly event that features timely leadership topics and tools to grow your leadership performance. I'm your host, Daniel Stewart, Executive Consultant and Coach and President of Stewart Leadership, a global consulting, coaching, and training firm aligning organizations on leadership, teaming, change, and talent. In short, we develop the people side to enable your growth strategies. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Erin Ellis, executive consultant, coach, and author in the areas of HR alignment, leadership, well-being, and development, and talent management. She brings over 20 years of leadership and consulting experience at organizations like GE, Hertz, and many others. Erin, welcome to Leadership Growth Hour.
1: Thank you, Daniel. Hi, everyone. Excited to talk about this topic.
0: Glad you can join here. And in fact, this is the inaugural episode of the Leadership Growth Hour. This show is divided into two parts. The first half is content, conversation, and a few slides on specific leadership topics. And then the second part is open conversation, open Q&A from the audience on any topic. So as we're going through, you're welcome to then provide um, comments as well as questions in the Q&A and or chat feature and we can then address it throughout. As we are talking, please submit, submit your comments. We have also enabled the upvote feature. And this enables you to click a thumbs up next to the questions in the Q&A. And that then brings those questions at the very top to be able to then make sure that we are able to see that as well. As we are talking here, uh, we can also dive into the subject at hand, today's topic, managing your energy. A very timely one as we start start the new year. And so, Aaron, a question for you. Over the last few decades, we've seen kind of a reconceptualization of time management into more energy management. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit in terms of that relationship. How does it relate to each other, if you could?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the opening question, Daniel, and uh, I look forward to hearing everyone's uh, questions on this topic as we go through it. So the idea of finding time, right, is an elusive one, because we all have the exact same amount of time. Uh, There's precisely 168 hours in a week, this week, next week, and we roughly spend that time um, sleeping, working, and doing everything else, right? We can't buy time, but we can receive it. Have you ever heard the quote, the greatest gift you can give someone is your time? So if giving someone your time is a gift, also giving yourself time is a gift, right? Only we can decide how we spend that 168 hours. And while there's no magic solution to solving this time crunch, there are strategies that we can deploy to more effectively manage both our energy and our time. There's work-life effectiveness strategies that we can implement to refresh and renew our energy. Because again, while time is finite, energy can be renewed. So I'll say before we dive into this, um, not having enough time can be intensely overwhelming. We're expected to manage so many things And, and sleep, let's not forget sleep. And there's always a lot coming at us from different directions. Sometimes when we have so much to do, we feel numb. Sure, systems, routines, and technologies can help some, but some of these areas in our life simply require that gift of time. And so the core problem we face is that working longer hours does not fix our situation because all of our obligations still remain and time simply runs out. And so while some of us do respond to rising demands in the workplace by putting in longer hours, Sure, this may work as a short-term fixed, but if this is sustained over periods of time, it takes a toll on us physically, mentally, emotionally. And then this leads to declining levels of engagement, increasing levels of distraction, and health concerns. So that's why when we look at this topic, we have to include energy management into into time
0: management, because it's not just about time, because it's finite.
1: Sorry, I know that was a little long-winded, but.
0: That, that's great. And I, I love it because I think back to some of kind of the initial thoughts that we often are taught in terms of time management, all solid principles, especially yeah. the yeah. metaphor of rocks, for example, you put the mm. big rocks in first and then the middle-sized rocks and the small rocks to be able to get the most important things done. Yes. yeah, And then to add to that is how you show up in terms of the energy that you have. uh, uh, Fantastic, fantastic comments. And so a question for you, Aaron, if you only had more time, if you only had more time, what would you do? And frankly, uh, let's open it up to everybody here. If you weren't limited in time, what would you do differently? you know yeah. as people is uh people are kind of responding and it looks like the chat is uh is disabled hey so, how about that chat and, is disabled so can
1: people respond in the Q a maybe
0: let's see can people write in the Q a yeah let's see if people are able to do it yes okay oh um, so, they can. They definitely can write in the, Q, the Q&A. And in fact, people can see it in the Q&A. So let's just see how that goes. So that's yeah. good. So let's keep seeing. Okay. Well, while while I, I'm
1: looking at these responses and I, I can't tell, um, can someone can someone confirm, can you all see the questions coming in?
0: It looks like only we can. Oh, see. Yes,
1: okay, we I, we got a yes. Okay, good. Hey, well, I'm man, looking at these great these these great responses. Um, I'm loving the spending more time with family, exercising, travel, um, more time in nature. You know, for me, I would I would actually say, and I've thought a lot about this is I would want to volunteer more. I feel like my time is limited, especially at this stage of life. You know, I'm an active parent, um, plus work, and and plus um, taking the time for myself. So my 168 hours kind of goes to those three th- those three things, and and I would love to volunteer more. What What about you, Daniel?
0: So you know, I've been thinking on this, and what what I keep thinking about is, I if I had more time, I'd love to be even more present in conversations. You, you know mm-hmm. how you're you're present, you're active, but then there's something in the back of your mind saying, hey, you have a hundred other things you got to do. Yeah. I would love to ease that a little bit more so that I could be even more present with people in conversations. That yeah. That's something that I'd love to be able to just build that even stronger. Love it. I agree with that. I'm just loving these answers here. I love it. finish my
1: novels, research, write a book. We got a lot of budding authors here. Love it.
0: Create Maybe. more art. Yeah, I was just noticing that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Catching up yeah. with people. Travel. Awesome. Very cool. Oftentimes it's these things that we push aside, but are tremendously yeah. fulfilling and actually yeah. will help us increase our productivity so to speak in many other right i love it so talk to us i i know there's been some great research done by lear and schwartz especially for the corporate athlete and they've produced this energy audit which is a Mm -hmm. powerful way of helping us kind of gauge where we're at and how we best show up talk to us in terms of what this is and how you've helped use that with some uh, clients you've worked with?
1: Yeah, yeah so yeah so if, if folks on the call are interested in more research on this, Tony Schwartz, uh, he's he's the author and expert on this topic and he argues that stress doesn't have to be the enemy of high performance. Um, yet chronic stress without recovery does deplete our energy reserves and then leads to burnout and undermines our performance and our productivity. Right. That's not good. So, um, stress can actually act as a growth stimulus if uh, we have disciplined, intermittent recovery from demands in practice. I'm sure you've heard somebody say, and I say this, um, I work best under pressure. You know, it's kind of like that. We need to ensure that once we have that pressure, we have time for recovery. So, that's kind of a, a little bit of a background on his research on energy management. And where I went, this audit, and I would encourage everyone on the, on the, on the call today to, you know, take note of how many no answers you have here. You know, how many no answers do you have? Um, If it, there's eight questions here. If, if roughly half are no's, then it might be time to think about how do you want to take control of your, your energy and, and you know, make some rituals that we're going to talk about how to make some energy rituals in your day to help, you know, with your, your, um, uh, using your energy for more, for better performance. So that's how I've used this particular,
0: um, chart. And, and Aaron, is this the sort of thing that you want to kind of do what every day, week, month, what's the kind of check-in point? Cause these are, it, they're deceptively simple, yeah, or, or harder to uh, actually apply and to stick with it.
1: Mm. You know, I actually i I typically advise looking at this on a on a weekly basis. Um, but I, I'd be curious what you or others think about this just by looking at the
0: this inventory. And and others, uh, welcome to then put some comments in the Q and A. For those, yeah. for those listening only, I'm just going to read through a couple of these as you're thinking sure. about yourself. First is I regularly get enough sleep. It's the seven to eight hours focus. Next, I regularly eat a healthy breakfast. Next, I take regular breaks through my day to recharge. I regularly, I or I rarely eat lunch at my desk. That's a powerful one. I take the time I need to reflect, strategize, and think creatively. Frankly, that's the one that I would also be able to if I had more time. Again, it's this excuse idea, reserving yeah. thinking time, powerful. And then the other two, I rarely work evenings and weekends, and <laughs> then my my words and actions are in alignment with what I believe is important in life. Yeah. This is a uh, this is powerful stuff to be able to then. Think through how we show up and, and talk to us for a little bit in terms of this energy quadrant grid, because oftentimes, and I'll just kind of start this off, sure. oftentimes as we look at this grid, we show up in situations and we want to have high energy, yeah. be really strong, present, we're just gung-ho on something, yeah. and we want it to be positive. We want it to be able to then be contagious and to be able to help things move forward. And some of these adjectives that describe this quadrant of upbeat and invigorated, optimistic, you know, enthusiastic, great. The reality, though, is we can't always stay in this quadrant. That's right. And and so what do you see happen if we can't stay in this? Well, what typically happens?
1: Right. Right. So, so, so you're right. This quadrant here that you have highlighted, this is, this is like when high performance happens, this is where you want to be to perform at your, at your best. The zone, which you then fall into reactively after spending too much time in the performance zone is what you just put there, the survival, right? If you're, t- if you're too much time in the performance zone without renewal, that's the key without renewal, um, then you're going to, you know, have anxiety, anger, irritability, um, also known as fight or flight state. Um, So again, without renewal, and we're gonna talk about how to do renewal. Next, go ahead, burnout zone. And so I'm, I'm sure we've all been here. This is what I like to call the zone of forced recovery. This is where you go when you've run out of gas, it's a warning sign it's a blinking light a signal that something's not right and then so go to the the next yeah. one so renewal so this is this is where you want to go um intermittently right when your energy reservoir is depleted and you need to renew and refuel and typically what i what i coach leaders on you should really be in this renewal zone Every 90 to 120 minutes when you're at work, just briefly, even for for one minute to five minutes, renewal zone. And again, it's creating these energy rituals that will give you that that, um, renewal so that you can get back into the performance zone.
0: As you've described this, I, I so often see, as we talked about, people starting on that upper right hand, that performance. And just as you described, then going to survival because they still want to put just as much energy in, but the quality, the type of energy starts to change. The trick is to then go from the survival to the renewal without then going into the burnout.
1: Right. Right. So
0: hard to then get out of. Get get out of. But somehow, Aaron, we're we're all like thinking to ourselves. I can, I can keep going, you know, another day, another week, another month, another year. And the wacky thing about the burnout phase is sometimes we're in it without ever realizing we just entered there yet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, that's right, Daniel. The trick is, and, and, and also I'll go back to, if we have these renewal rituals that become part of our fabric, part of our daily routines that can help us prevent, you know, from, from going into that, that burnout zone.
0: Yeah. 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 So what are some practices then let's talk through this? What are some practices? And, and as we're thinking about practices related to ways we can manage this, uh, I'll just share briefly, an interesting experiment that happened at e Ernst & Young several years ago. As we all know, they're a very prominent tax, tax and audit organization. And one tax season, they took an office with 40 accountants. And they wanted to see what would happen to folks if they just worked their normal hours, their intense, stressful hours during a tax season. And out of the 40 accountants, At the end of that season, 15 left the office. Mm. Now, when I first heard this, I'm like, this is terrible. I mean, just imagining we've all been in high stress situations so bad that 15 folks were like, I'm out. I got to I got to move. I got to change. I got to do something different to prevent this from happening the next year. They went and as a group decided on four specific, very simple Renewal activities
1: mm-hmm.
0: behaviors, and they saw a dramatic change. So let me share these four mm-hmm. and the the impact and would love your thoughts and reactions after this, Aaron. Yeah. So well, the first one was they decided as an office that everybody needs to get at least seven hours of sleep. Period. Yeah. That is what they will focus on. The next one. Each time each day as they entered the workplace, they would focus on the most important thing first. Yep. Whatever that is, however they define it, but they'll take the highest priority, the most important thing, do that first thing as they get there. The third was to take a renewal break, just like you were mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. five to ten minutes. Yeah. Or one minute, at least one minute of breathing. Yeah. Every- So if they couldn't take renewal breaks periodically through the day, at least every 90 minutes, just sit there and breathe and not do any other work. And then lastly, disconnect from devices at a certain time each day. And I've got to admit, when I first heard this several years ago, I'm like, okay, almost deceptively simple. But the same office did this the next year. Hmm. And the result was only one person felt at the end of that season that they needed a change. Mm. And, and my heart goes out to even that one person. And yet from 15 to one, that yeah. is a dramatic, dramatic change in productivity, not just in terms of the business outcome, but you think of the personal and each of us have family and friends that then we impact and continues to spread and the benefit of helping and having them see us in such a better place as well and vice versa anyway reactions thoughts as you're here oh this. man i i love that i love that this group this team this
1: aligned on these four kind of running rules, uh, r- rituals essentially, or strategies to to help with both their time management and their energy renewal. If I look at this, I look at first one, sleep at least seven hours. Okay, that's a, that's a physical renewal of energy. The second one, do the most important thing first, that's a time management prioritization strategy. The third one is actually um, a mental energy ritual. And then the last one is also a mental energy ritual. Um, And I'll just, I'll just comment one more thing. I have over the last year, I can't tell you how many times I've coached leaders on taking buffering renewal breaks when they're scheduling meetings. For example, I've become a big fan of encouraging people to schedule 50 minute meetings instead of a one hour meeting so that they have that, that. Buffer time, because that buffer time, you can, you can then really do a a renewal break, whether you go, you get up to get some water or you do a a breathing exercise or you do a mental like puzzle before running from meeting to meeting. How effective are we when our meetings are going up to each hour and we're like consistently late for the next one, because we don't have any buffer time. So, um, that's my reaction. So I see a combination of energy management and, and prioritization in there.
0: Yeah. It, it also speaks to our remarkable ability to fill whatever time we're given. <laughs> and yeah. so, you know, if yeah. the meeting is an hour, somehow, even if the topics are exhausted, or there's always more that we can keep going. Yeah. And it kind of, it helps uh, focus us a little bit more to say, look, here's what we're trying to do. Now we're done. Okay. We're out. We're done. Let's move on to the next thing and, and honor that as best as possible. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about this energy ritual, what this might look like, how we can begin to pay attention to this in our lives. I, I'm continually amazed with how simple some of this can be again conceptually but how hard it is to actually implement and then keep to it keep to it Um, but but the benefits talk to us in terms of what do these energy rituals look like yeah yeah well they they um
1: you know they're they're very specific they're precise um we can get into maybe some examples, you know, physical, I'll, I'll start with physical energy rituals it can be something as easy as, uh, like I said, saying that every every time you end a meeting, you're gonna go go to another area of your house or your office to get some water. That's an energy ritual. You're getting up, you're moving, you're hydrating. Um, you know, it could be that every, every time you're done with the meeting, you do a five minute breathing exercise. So those are some physical uh, ones. Um, mental, are we going to, are we going to get to some examples here? You know, mental could be, um, you know, the, the, uh, the buffer zone, making sure you have a, a mental break, uh, every five minutes, uh, or sorry, every 90 to 120 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So these are some examples, uh, you know, I would try, I, typically I encourage people to, Try a few that they haven't to see how it works out.
0: And and building on that, I, I often find something that will then help work is to that point, you pick one or two small things. Yes. And you just try it for like a week mm-hmm. or two weeks. Yeah. Versus already overwhelming ourselves and say, no, these are the 15 things. I've got to do it for all yeah. year. You know, because then that's the same kind of logic that we will falsely use to think we can keep going endlessly when in fact we as humans are less like computers that are always on and more pulsing and rhythmic that we have periods of time that we need to slow down and that helps us then be more successful as we go faster later on. So I was just what- I was
1: just commenting. I was just looking at the QA. If somebody added walking outside, that's a great um uh you know physical ritual. Just getting outside for that break uh can be so and and some and he also commented about the 50 minute meeting. It does work, folks. Just to, if, maybe try it in the next week. Schedule your hour meeting to 50 instead. Um, so go ahead.
0: Daniel, sorry. Well, I, just I love- saw QA. And- Q&A. And, and it's also one of those things that is not going to offend a lot of people, frankly, because if you're able to advocate for your own health and well-being by yeah. saying, hey, we've got 50 minutes here. Let's yeah. focus and fill this 50 minutes. And people understand that. All right. And then you can get some time in between. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Let's, let's transition into some of this Q&A. And we have some of this Q&A focused around this topic, but uh, folks who are listening, you're also welcome to chime in and type in other questions as we go through this. We have three or four questions that we'll pose to each other and to everybody, and folks are able to, to chime in as well with their, uh, with their answers. Here's the question. Does one, one less hour of sleep Give you one more hour of productivity, Aaron. What's your reaction to that question?
1: Oh, I'd like to. I'd like to see what the 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 group says in the in the Q and A. What they think. Um, I've looked at the research. I have studied the research on this, um, and I would say the answer is no. It does not give us more productivity, and here's why the research tells us actually more than 97% of us do need at least seven hours of sleep at night. When we are sleep deprived, we're actually less efficient. So we have less energy available to us. Our mood suffers. And when our mood suffers, we're not in that high positive uh, energy. And then we think less clearly. So we're actually less efficient when we're, when we're sleep deprived. Um, are there days when this happens? Absolutely. You know, for for me, um, days when this happens to me, I try not to do anything very um, important that day, if I could help it. Um, But yeah, I I just know that. But yeah, power naps. I mean, that that, that could be uh, one way to combat that. Um, oh I love stretching yeah I forgot about stretching as a um as a as a nice renewal ritual
0: yeah I as you're talking I'm thinking to my personal habits yeah so I I feel like I need to confess you know because it's like this has been even in high school I mean I my goal I would go to sleep at like at 11 10 at night and I'd wake up at 5.10 because I had oh. an early morning religious yeah. study class, and then I'd yeah. go to high school, and I remember thinking, six hours, that's all I need, and equating that with this, I'll just say it, this sense of macho, this sense of, I can do it, I can conquer, and I sit back, and I'm like, wow, that is not a healthy perspective, and and I'm glad I'm I'm pleased to say, as I've gotten older, I've changed that mindset of like, no, sleep actually helps me show up better, helps me be more attentive. So yeah. yes, there's my confession time.
1: There you go. There you go. A badge of honor, right? Not really a badge of honor.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's not. But yet sometimes it can feel like it is. Um, yeah. And again, we're not talking about the odd day that craziness is going on. Uh, late nights with kids or travel but the point is to find opportunities to then renew Mm. without those points of renewal
1: yeah
0: yeah again we're not like computers we cannot just keep functioning perpetually that's right or we go to the burnout yeah yeah Yeah. right so here's the other question Here's another question. And I want
1: folks to I want folks to respond to this one too. I want to see some answers here.
0: So the question here does anxiety and fear help us perform better? And and first of all Aaron, why does this question make sense within the managing energy topic? You know, ah. why does it why does it make sense to ask that question here?
1: Yeah. Yeah, this this goes this is a bit of a nod to our um, our emotional energy, right? Uh, because anxiety uh, and fear are, are emotions. And so, uh, let me see. Let me see what folks are saying here, and I'll, I'll answer in a second. Um, under pressure may help for short term. Absolutely. Nope, clouds are thinking. Yeah. Anxiety can be a motivator. But yeah, but so, okay, love, love some of these answers. So um, we don't typically perform better when we're anxious, defensive, impatient, frustrated. Those are all, you know, not non-positive emotions, right? We perform best when we're feeling high positive emotions, such as confidence, optimism, happiness, passion. So in other words, the higher our reservoir, of positive emotions the more resilient we are in the face of challenges so this this kind of like i said it's a nod to our emotional energy um as it relates to performance
0: yeah yeah it's it's also it kind of flies in the face of sometimes this management style perception that we mm. can have as well that the use of fear or anxiety of kind of putting more pressure on people mm, and yeah. that that can sometimes produce short-term results but today we're not talking about short-term stuff we're talking mm. about longer you know the marathon of life so to speak so that we can, <laughs> right we can show up across our lives in, in stronger overall uh, there may be always those periods of intense stress that happen as life happens but it's getting beyond and not using this fear and anxiety as this consistent tool either for ourselves or yeah. against others as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I we we've put up on the screen here that this list of biggest and most common emotional triggers. Mm-hmm. Because certainly this anxiety and fear, these are triggers that can pop up. They can yeah. pop up. In these moments and sometimes we can predict it and sometimes we can't but inevitably yeah. it doesn't always lead to help us be clear and to show up as our best selves yeah. walk us a couple of these that really stand yeah. out
1: yeah yeah it, it's it's i would say it's really important for us to understand what our emotional triggers are right um because if we know you know what 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 our emotional triggers are then we can manage it right again managing our energy our emotional energy um you know one uh one study has demonstrated that um you know we one that's very important is not feeling valued i think it's that first one yeah feeling devalued um and appreciated and recognized so not feeling valued appreciated and recognized has become a very very common one um especially in the last couple of years so Knowing the triggers that pull us down and being self-aware of those are very important to manage. Um, I don't know if you have some strategies on the next page, Daniel, but but some strategies or rituals um, is switching our mindset, you know, changing the story. Um, I was recently coaching a leader that had this mantra and she would say, flip it right if she's going down a, a a negative emotional direction she would tell herself to flip it so that's reframing it something that's really easy to remember to pull when this when a trigger would surface uh, pulled herself into a positive place so yeah. so it's so just to summarize it's knowing knowing the triggers that we have and then what do we want to do to acknowledge it and try to to change our mindset what tactics
0: you're you reminding me uh, a lot of conversations, especially in executive coaching situations, will then come into topics related to emotional intelligence. Mm. And whenever I see it triggers, I I think of the emotional intelligence component because oftentimes it's helping people then recognize how they show up in moments of stress and anxiety mm-hmm. and fear or challenge. Yeah. And and these triggers helping people recognize. Which really are those triggers for themselves? Yeah, and be honest yeah. about it. and and I'll often ask people if they're struggling knowing what triggers really gets them going, think back on what were two or three more recent moments that you felt really stressed? Mm, yeah, and what what happened yeah. in that moment? And inevitably, yeah. that's where they're like, oh, oh yeah. My my knowledge or competence was questioned. Yeah, I yeah. find that as a frequent one. Yeah, that's or, a that's a frequent one. Right, or I didn't feel valued. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so much. So anyway, yeah. As as you're thinking of your experiences working with so many different clients, any experiences come to your mind in, in working with folks, helping them identify triggers, or even the impact of what happened as they then were able to identify it? Yeah. Well, it's
1: very similar to what what you just said, Daniel, It's having them reflect on the last time they felt a lot of stress or negative emotional energy. What happened? What happened? You know, some um, I, I will I will say the I will say the competence one and the valued. Um, I will also say another one I, I I hear a lot is the not feeling heard, not feeling heard is is another one that pops up. But but what I'll say is we are all different, right? Um mine is probably, if I'm honest, it's the being kept waiting. <laughs> um, which is I don't know if, if others share that one, but it's it's just kind of, Under you know taking some time to really understand it and then okay identify it and then what are we going to do about it
0: yeah yep Yep. i love it okay next question here okay this multitasking dare i say myth or fact um is multitasking critical in a world of infinite demands all right well i i certainly want to hear from
1: the audience, what your view is on this question.
0: So, yeah, as people are uh, putting in their comments, thinking about how vital is multitasking? Do you believe in it? Is it real? Is it not? How important? How do we view it? Um, and, And as we're kind of diving into this, I'll be again, candid here, confession time, it's often been, oh yeah, clearly I can do, you know, five, ten things all at once. Obviously, am I deluding myself into thinking that I'm actually successful at these things? Possibly. Yeah. As, as we're looking at some of I'm these. I'm looking answers,
1: at the I'm looking at the responses. I love I love the anonymous person who said, Can I say that I'm a Gen X? So I can't help it. Um <laughs> But look, a lot of you folks are a lot of you folks are on the money here. Um, it is a myth. It is a myth. Uh, and actually I will say, um, if you're interested, if you haven't done this exercise yet, go ahead and Google, maybe this is your homework assignment. Go ahead and Google, um, switch tasking is a myth by Dave Crenshaw. It's a, it's a five minute YouTube and he takes you through a little exercise that will change your mind about multitasking or switch tasking if you're unsure if it's um if it's critical or not but um but yeah i mean simply put the more so this this is a nod to our our mental energy right our mental energy and so the more we split our attention between activities the less efficient we become you know switching time refers to the extra time it takes to finish any given task and we are far more productive when we focus on one thing at a time in an absorbed way. Um, another another great resource I like as it relates to this topic is called Deep Work by Cal Newport. Uh, that's another, it's a book, um, pretty cool, um, deep dive into deep work <laughs> or or focused work. So yeah, this, I don't know if you're gonna ask me this, Daniel, but this has become such a hot topic I would say, since the world of hybrid and Zooms and so forth, that I've seen an uptick in this issue, pretty much since COVID. I don't know if, if others feel the same way. Would love to hear uh, what you think, you know, via the, the 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 comments. But this is one that I spend a lot of time on.
0: And, and this might be a really illogical place. Um, let's bring in a question that got a few few votes around this. Okay. Hybrid, hybrid reality. So let me read this mm. question and we can just chat sure. through this a little bit. Has the adoption of the hybrid work environment made us more individually productive, more organizationally productive? What What does the research say? And are we using this time to sleep more or time to renew more often? you know what, what have you seen or 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 read about related to the impact the impact of hybrid um
1: i i think it i think it can be a very positive um situation to have more like you said renewal time and and manage time better but i've also seen and, and this is anecdotal just from some you know, from interactions with clients and leaders that I work with is that the expectation of being available and on is intensified. So there's less time for renewal. So I, I think it can be managed in a very positive way if we don't allow it to control us.
0: That's a a great point. And as you were were talking, I I was thinking about the research that I've read and, and, and frankly, the personal experiences that I've had working with so many different clients is there is this initial period of time when somebody is either starting a new hybrid role or they've been promoted or they're diving into this hybrid structure. And during this period of time, it typically is three, six plus months they typically are far more productive. They will often work three to four more hours a week Mm. than they have in the past. Mm. And it often is because they have not been able to learn how to set their own new boundaries because (laughs) it's a new situation and it's so easy to actually work more and to devote more time and to know how to say no or pause or redirect or even set up their homework environment so that they can focus. Yeah, And it's, and it's a real challenge. And uh, especially for managers in a in leading hybrid teams to be able to even know what questions to ask folks to help them set up their own routines. Now, we're all getting a little bit better at this by virtue of having a little more reps at this. But mm-hmm. we are often advocating for clients to be able to have, and we actually have, a set of questions for managers to ask Mm. and happy to provide this. And we can send this out later on. And by the way, all this is being recorded and we'll, we'll post this as well for folks to reference, but to be able to help their team set clear expectations and boundaries for themselves in terms of how much work, when what is what's expected and to really be clear in terms of outcomes. Um, and so again, during this initial phase of any newness, because uh, we're all just putting lots of energy, in, but then after a while, it starts being less energy, but we're still trying to be strong, and then of course the burnout. So it's being really clear around that. Aaron, any that. comments to that?
1: No, oh, I I think I think that's that's spot on, and um, the more we can help with you know leaders providing clarity and and bound how to set boundaries i think the more we're gonna be we're gonna stay healthy right as as uh as leaders who you know and not get sucked into working more because we
0: can um yeah. i love it and and you've referenced a few of these
1: yeah
0: yeah of these rituals um also I'll yeah i mean the, oh, yeah go ahead please Aaron. yeah
1: the, these are i mean i again my favorite is the The number two, they're working sprints. Um, uh, You know, actually, I'll share with the group one of my um, goals for this year. I want to try something new. I'm going to introduce a new ritual and I do want to practice meditation. I have not yet. So I'm going to start small. I'm going to start with a one minute, um, but something I haven't done yet and I want to. So I'm saying that publicly here. I'm going to, that's my one that I'm gonna introduce and try. Um, the rethink email, I'll just make a comment on that one. Um, that ritual is not rethink and don't respond to email. It's um, time blocking responses to emails, right? How many of us get distracted and have like the ping of the email on and you're like, oh, what squirrel, Let me let me look at this. We can be more mentally focused if we decide, okay, I'm gonna take an hour, the next hour to look at all my emails and respond. That's an example of that.
0: Yeah. And and by the way, uh, for all the listeners here, thanks to Emma for putting a link to Dave yes. Krenshaw. That's very helpful that we can uh, reference as well. So thank you very much. And then this this last question we have, Really gets at prioritization, as we uh, talked at the uh, top of the hour around time management to energy management. Inevitably, it's how do we prioritize in helpful ways so that we can get stuff done and we yes. can feel good about it in 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 uh, in important ways. So, does effective prioritization result in better time management? What what is that relationship and and uh for listeners, you can all chime in and write your comments here. Aaron, as we're kind of awaiting and looking at some of the responses that come in, yeah. How would you answer this question? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would I would say that uh prioritization is
1: you know essentially the action or the process of deciding the relative importance or urgency of something. And so in that sense, y- Absolutely. It's, it's a time management strategy. And um, because you're doing the most important thing first, you um, you're managing your time more effectively. Uh, The trap I see some of us fall into, including me is, Oh, I want to do the easiest thing first. Well, the easiest thing might not, may not be the most important thing. So am I really managing my time effectively?
0: Yeah. There you go. Strong connection. Yeah. Importance and urgency grid that many of us have seen. This deserves a revisit multiple times to be able to then check in. Uh, I'll often, whenever any executive is working on the delegating or managing their workload, I'll often say, we start off with making the list. And the list is all of the stuff on your plate. What is it? And now let's be very disciplined. And identifying where does it actually fall what can you delegate what is important what can you say no to and it's figuring out how to there's a lot of different ways of saying no uh as well without actually no so you can then still be be uh be receptive be engaged as well comments on this aaron yeah i
1: mean this is um this is a (laughs) this is a good matrix to maybe try to implement. If you're thinking right now, uh, I would think a way to put this in practice is think about maybe three or five things you need to accomplish. How would you put them on this matrix, right? How would you put them on this matrix according to urgency and importance? And, you know, try that out. Again, sometimes we we fall to the the low, low because it might be easy. Um, but using this as a, as a tool can really help us again, maintain focus. I, some, I think somebody put that in the, um, yeah, enhances focus. Somebody, or Robert, thank you for that comment.
0: And, and also Aaron, to make sure that we are, uh, you know, drinking the same medicine that we're preaching, yes. we want to make sure that we can end in the next couple yes. minutes to give people we do. a a nice buffer, of course. So yes. here's really the the, the the last thing we want to end on is a set of seven prioritization questions that we've called together and have used for a number of years to help yep. leaders in any position make sense and to use as a as a framework to help organize what is most important because this is key. And this is not just something to be asked once a month, but yep. frequently. To then continue to look through Does this help accomplish my goals? Does it matter to my boss? Does this align with my job? Does this contribute to my organization? Does this require me to stop or pause something else? And does this need to be done at all? Um, There may be additional questions, of course, that you have your own favorites, but this is a, a powerful, powerful framework that we wanted to share with everybody. Aaron, as we're kind of Wrapping up here, I'll, I'll put this last point, a uh, uh, slide up here that kind of summarizes what is, what is one thing that you would want to leave people with as they're thinking on this managing their energy topic? I, I have two quick ones. Cool. I know you said one, but I have two quick ones. I want
1: you all to think of yourself as your own. You're, you're, you're all CEOs. You're all your chief energy officers, right? You have the control. And then the second one is uh, when you're saying yes to something, what are you saying no to? And this kind of is, goes against this last uh, topic of prioritization. You say yes to something, what are you really saying no to? So that's those are the two Items I will I will leave everyone with.
0: Great. Great words of wisdom here. Thank you, Aaron, for being a guest on the Leadership Growth Hour. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, everyone.
0: Absolutely. So for our listeners, please note that this will be recorded and posted as well on our website, uh, as well as our next monthly Leadership Growth Hour will be on February 8th. So if you want to mark that, it'll be noon central time, and we'll be talking about how to create a cohesive team, especially in a hybrid environment. And to register for that, and also to keep up to date on all future events, please sign up for our monthly newsletter at stewartleadership.com newsletter. We'd love to have you join, you. Uh, join us next time. And until next time, all the best. Hope this has been helpful as you are all, we all are seeking to manage our energy moving forward. Take care. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks, everyone.